Home Life. It's Home Plus Life Podcast. We're not here to just talk about the latest trends. We're gonna break through the myths and put some facts on the table. Cause when it comes to real estate, you need to be well informed. So now it's time to get serious and talk market trends. Here we go. Sure enough, we'll go down a rabbit hole and talk about something cool. Something cool that has caught our attention. It's JTM. Welcome everybody. Let's dive right in. Hey, hey, hey. Howdy, howdy. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a long night. All the kids have just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, oh these kids, teenagers, right? Have fun. Hey, kids, we're gonna we're gonna record the podcast, so you know, just make sure you're quiet. Yeah, sure, no worries. We'll be quiet. Walk straight in. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Ah, uh, good fun, good fun, good fun. What are we doing today? Uh, so what we're going to be talking about is how to choose a real estate agent. Yep, cool. Uh, so oh, we're going like to be. This one. We're going to I'm be... going to upset some people. Are you going to let me talk? Uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> we discussed this prior <laughs> to what we needed to do. <laughs> and then we're going to be talking about how our gins turned out. Oh, that's right, yeah, because we made those we made those gins uh, at the end of a couple of episodes ago, I think it was, three yeah, or four think... episodes ago. We finished yeah. the episode, you going, I want to go make a gin now. You know what we should do? We should get a potato vodka a grain vodka and a rice vodka, and we should turn them into gins and see which one's better. Yes. Yeah, and we did that. Yes. And so we'll talk about how they turned out. Yes. Cool. I like it. I'm on board. So, but first of all, let's hear from our sponsor. Yeah, we should do that. They pay for the gig. Ready to sell your home? Don't make the rookie mistake of jumping in blind. The first step on your journey is critical. Research. You need to know what your house is really worth to get the best deal. And that's where checkmyhouseprice.com.au comes in. With a free house price report, you'll get all the juicy market intel, recent sales data, and other must-have info to help you win big when selling your home. Don't gamble on your home's worth. Make checkmyhouseprice.com.au the first step in your successful selling journey. Visit us today and get your free house price report. Thanks, Check My House Price. You've you've allowed us to set up a a little sort of mini podcast studio in our house so we don't have to go far to record and we get to have the joy of teenagers interrupting us and, and being in the background. Yeah, and the joy of Sian still not being able to... Push buttons properly. Uh, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> the What's, four buttons wait, that I've got. What, just, what, what episode, episode 23, 23 episodes in. And I've, uh, just, I've just noticed that you... <laughs> just noticed this, that you've put the sound effects down here. Well, they've always been there. They just weren't labelled, and and so I'm impressed that you because I only just did that like ten minutes ago. Oh, look at me! And, but and the so ones that I've been working with for months now is still tripping me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. This is good fun. It's good fun. No, it's all look. It's all good fun, right? All right. Like so there's you've given me the run sheet. Yes, gave you a little bit earlier this time round. Uh, yeah, and so I sat while you were making breakfast. Yep, and I've gone through. And done my usual write down little um, notes. I still haven't seen these notes or these questions, so we're, uh, we're still true to authenticity and, and me having to know what yeah, I'm talking about. Because you know, I I do like to just throw random stuff at you, and you do, and that's just not for the podcast. Thinking on your feet, 
But that's not just for the podcast. That's everyday life with you. Yeah, so this shouldn't be new to you. (laughs) You shouldn't be stumped when I do it. Spectrum guy gets changes and (laughs) random shit thrown at him constantly without warning. Oh, I like to keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah. No wonder (laughs) I have meltdowns. You're getting better. Actually, you don't have that many meltdowns. I don't. And it's not normally because I've asked you a question. No, usually it's because the kids haven't put the dishes away properly or they've put them away dirty. Yeah. That, that one gets me. That bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. So how to choose your agent? Yeah. Okay. This is a really cool topic. Um, and I am going to upset a few people because I'm, I I want the bar to be high. I want to set the bar high. And if, if there's agents out there who are not operating to this bar, then get better. And Well, I'm, not only that, it, like we talk about constantly – this is one of the biggest purchases, if not the biggest yeah, purchase yeah. for some people. And to be quite honest, you're not going to be happy with someone that you're like, this is your pride. This is your joy. This is something that is a, a sacred place to you. And to have someone come in and just be like, meh. Well, it, 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 it is kind of, it is you're, kind you're of offensive. That's, that's a fantastic point. But it's also the really emotional point. It is. And, okay, you and I go for a walk regularly. We, we go for a walk two, three times a week. We clear our head and, and we talk business and we do all that sort of stuff. There is a house on our walk. And I don't know if you remember this. Six weeks ago, we went for a walk and we looked this house up. This house is just sold in, just sold in the 900s, like 980,000, something Maybe. like that. Right? It was bought by the people who just sold it literally in like – mid to late 2020 okay so we're not even talking of four years in the middle of the boom for 650,000 or thereabouts and it's just sold for 985 now I will tell you yes things went crazy in 2020 2021 2022 right until the interest rate rises things did go crazy 100% all over that but not $335,000 crazy and the reason I highlight this is because the real estate company that sold it in 2020 is actually a property management company. So they must have been managing the rental of it mm. and the owner just handed it to them. And when you go and look at the photos, because we looked it up, you look at the photos, you look at the marketing, it was terrible. I'm like sorry, it was, I can't remember. The that's all right. It's probably about. a good thing because we don't want to name names, name and shame or anything yeah. like that. But it, the property management company, not, not a, uh, a sales focused agency, put this property up for sale in late 2020, mm. sold it at 650000 the photos were terrible. The marketing was terrible. Three years later, where we have seen a hundred to one hundred and fifty thousand dollar increase in in this area, mm. it got sold for three hundred and thirty five thousand dollars more than what it was bought for. Mm-hmm. That's obscene. It increased by fifty percent on its last sale price, and that's purely because it was not marketed. Well, it was not marketed correctly back in 2020. It was not. The sale was not done properly. They chose an agent who didn't know how to sell. Or if they did know, they didn't put the principles they in practice. They didn't good enough. And it, like, that house in 2020 should have sold for between seven hundred and fifty to 830000 When you consider what the house we're in sold for in 2021, I think it was... Um, when that all happened, mm. if you think about that and you do the comparables, that house should have sold between seven fifty and eight 
thirty at that time. Yeah. And it sold for six fifty. And the and then three years later, nine hundred and eighty five thousand. Yeah. Right? And so you've spoken brilliantly on the emotional point. That's the actual commercial financial point. What is an extra hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Let's say it sold if someone did it right, it sold for eight hundred and twenty twenty. What's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars mean to that investor or to that person, to that homeowner? Mm. And that is literally what we're talking about here. One hundred and fifty thousand dollars for most people is life changing. Oh, the yeah. agent you choose is going to determine the price, or not determine, but have a huge influence on the price that your property sells for. Mm. Because of their skill in marketing, their skill in negotiation, their ability to generate competition and bring more agents to the property. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this choice is vitally important. So this is where I'm going to go to the run sheet and yeah. keep you on the run sheet. Yeah, 100%. The, <laughs> do you feel me climbing on my soapbox? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's the reason why I'm like, um, So first, the first point that you've got here is research the properties that they've sold. So that yes. li- that does link into, obviously, if they're a property managing agency yeah. and they're going and selling, you want to be able to see as to whether that agent has ever sold before. Because sometimes it can be that, yeah, sure, they're now in a property managing agency, mm-hmm. but they were a sales. So that, yeah. that can happen. It can happen. And by the way, the tactics we're going to talk about and the things we're going to talk about kind of hurt rookie agents. Yeah. But look at the support the rookie agent has because yes. some rookie agents come in and they do better than a veteran agent because they look at things differently because they've got a marketing background, they've, they've got those skill sets, technology well, skill also sets got as well. Fresh, they got a, a fresh, fresh a fresh look, right? Yeah. And so they're not in this, their habits and ways. Yeah, they're not in their habits and ways. They're not in a systemized I'm just going to pump out a property and sell it this way. And, and the best example is Nathan Simon. We've had him on the podcast before. Um, he, when he, when he was a rookie, um, he, you know, sold properties in, in, a, in a really good, really kind of mm. fresh way, went away, uh, did some, some other things with his career. He sold construction equipment, sold used cars, sold all sorts, came back to real estate. And all he's done, like between how he was selling properties originally and how he's doing it now, is there's a tiny little bit more polish on it because yes. he's got greater assets from the agency around him mm. or properties group. Like you look at what Chris Gilmore does and Nathan has got access to the assets and the resources that Chris Gilmore uses. Yes. And so therefore it's been able to elevate that polish. And that's the, the, the agent himself, Nathan Simon, is still selling property at an incredibly high level, mm. which is what he did from day one. So it's not just about the agent themselves, what you're saying, is, but is also about the support that they actually have within Absolutely. the agency. Absolutely. To be to be able to become better. So the yes. support and, – and, I mean, that that goes with anything. If you – you can normally tell a really great salesperson because of the resources that they have available to them and the support that they yeah. have available as Look, well. Look, to, to quote um, – a really good mate of mine. He's these days he's a conveyancing solicitor. Um, ben Schneider, shout out to Ben. And he once said to me, he goes, "I've always believed that life is a team sport, mm. and that has just rung so true yeah. for throughout life." And and he's right, it is. So the support that they have is hugely important, and how they can demonstrate that support. Mm. 
but you also still have to have a good agent and you've got to verify that you've got a good agent. There's a few things there that you can do to verify that. So the one thing that you, that you can do when it comes to researching what they've sold is going on to property.com.au and on the house.com.au. They're, they're two really, really good sources. Now they don't endorse us or what sponsor a, the show. We're not endorsing them. What to give you an example, let's let's do the case study on the the property that I mentioned on our walk. Mm-hmm. Without we're not gonna put in addresses, we're not gonna mm-hmm, badmouth mm-hmm, any agencies mm-hmm. or anything. What we did while we were walking, or what I did while we were walking, because remember we had a discussion about it. I searched the property address up on Google. That was my very first step. Search the property address on Google. And all of these sites came up. So I had realestate.com, I had mm-hmm. domain.com, I had on the house, I had property.com. All of these sites came up. Yeah. And I went through and had a look. And it's typically off, if it's off market, domain.com will have a really good history of it. Sometimes realestate.com.au does too. Depending, um, I think. Depending on the property. On the house generally does. And I found property.com had a reasonable one as well. Now, what you can do is see the property history. Yeah. And where the, why this is really important is, A, you can see what it was bought for last, what it was sold for, all that You can do your own kind of comparative you can, thing. Kind of, but you get to see what the last lot of marketing photos were. You get to see if there were price reductions. Yeah. Right? And this one's because if you remember in previous episodes, we've talked about price reductions. We've talked about agents sometimes feeling boxed in that they've got to accept the the price that the owner wants to sell it at in mm. order to get the listing. Mm. And that's not always the best strategy. No. Right? So you can see, but the other thing you can see too is if an agent systematically or cons- not systematically, but consistently overprices property and then yeah, has to have price to- adjustment discussions. Yeah. One property, not too bad. Two properties, okay, a little bit. Three properties, that's what? a red flag. Yeah, why are you consistently going why over? Are we, like clearly you're pricing things incorrectly which and if you remember one of the key things to selling successfully in any market step number one price the property right yeah yeah and that's a huge red flag if you have an agent who has got a whole lot of price reductions across multiple listings right and these are being tracked um because they're not pricing it right and look Mm. There's always extenuating circumstances. There's an exception to every rule. But having three or four or five properties consistently over, having the same Over thing, a period of time. Yeah. Right. If the market shifts. So an extenuating circumstance. So let's say if it, uh, let's say they're doing two properties a month. Yeah. Right. And you can see that over those months that they're like six months. Yeah. Right. They've got that you can see that majority so let's say sixty percent of their their listings have all had price reductions. I mean, I'd, I'd, in be, those I'd six be worried at, at forty or fifty percent personally. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. But if you're looking at a six month period and you know in that six month period that there hasn't been anything huge to affect, yeah, like there's always going to be bumps in the well, market. There, and, and but there's it. nothing, nothing like, um, you know, like the GFC happening within that period of time, if you've consistently got them, why is it consistently happening? And when you have, so then I would have to ask the question of, is that actually them specifically? Cause they're not using resources available to them or they don't know. They don't know as much as they think they know. Yeah. Or is it just the fact that, is it a strategy to get the listing? Yeah. 
right? And, and these these are the questions. And this is this is where agents are going to get annoyed with me. Yeah, there are some agents out there, not many, but there are some who use this as a listing strategy. Yeah, there are others who don't use it as a, as a listing strategy, but feel obligated to bow to pressure from the owner as to the price the owner wants to set in order to get the listing. Yeah. Okay. And so this is one of the reasons why this discussion is about helping owners to understand what that price should be. Yeah. Um, getting back to the point of there are extenuating circumstances. We've just had 11 interest rate rises in a row. Mm-hmm. They're extenuating circumstances yes. to a point. Yes. Right? Because it's really hard to price a property in this market when next month the borrowing capacity of the buyers that are talking to you today could drop by $50,000. Yeah. Right? So there are some extenuating circumstances. So what you're looking for is a pattern. Now, you can find just about every listing of an agent that has sold or been withdrawn from market on the sites that we've just talked about as well. So realestate.com, domain.com, you can see who's listing, selling, who has actually sold it. You can see... What did they sell it for? And this is another key piece of data to look at. It's called vendor discounting. What it means is it's the price, the discount that the seller agrees to take from the list price to the actual sale price. Yes. I.e., if you price a property at five hundred thousand mm-hmm. and you sell it at four hundred and fifty, that's mm-hmm. a vendor discount of about of ten percent argument's sake there'll be a mathematician that goes oh it's not quite that but roughly speaking Mm -hmm. okay we can always find what the average vendor discounting is in a given area online it is a stat that core logic track it is a stat that a number of these companies and websites track and we can search for it yeah if you then look at that agent sales and they are discounting more than the average that's a concern yeah if they're discounting less than the average that's a win yeah right and that's hugely important yeah so vendor discounting is a real thing and it is tracked it's a little harder to find but you can find it and look if you can't find it you can genuinely generally do your own vendor discounting calculation because it's effectively working out the difference between the advertised price and the sale price Mm. as a percentage yeah so then the next – so that does bring me to the next one, which is obviously you've got to like the agent oh, yeah. and feel that you can work with them. And feel that you can and, trust them. And trust them. Yeah. So – and I know that there's going to be a lot of the, the public out there that just goes, uh, can we though? Well, And I, I can – so – from my own experience, because you're going to be talking as though because you've been in the industry yep. for so long, I'm going to be, just be really frank. You go with your gut. Mm. It's exactly the same as going to, you know, you've got a baby or a dog or whatever. Sorry, I got something stuck in my throat. Um, and going and dropping them, a baby or animal, with someone and you're like, mm, this just feels a little bit hinky. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't feel comfortable with this. A house is the same thing. It, you've got a lot... Well, you, real estate agents are saying, we're choosing yeah, an agent. Yeah, here. that's yeah. what I'm saying, is that when it comes to a house, you want to... Ha- you're handing... Sometimes you're going to be having open homes. You're handing your keys 
over to the person, you've got to be able to trust them, not just because they've got the keys of your house, but also you've got to be able to trust them that they're going to present all of the things that you love about your property, all of the things that you, you know, you want that to be carried through. That they're going to do a good job. If you don't have that and if you don't feel that they are capable of doing that. Don't hire them. Don't do it. Don't Just because Robbo down the road or Shaz who lives up the road or someone who knows your mum's auntie or blah, 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 doesn't matter. If you meet them and you're like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not feeling, you know, yeah. I'm not picking don't, up don't what en- you're putting down. Don't do it. Don't entrust your largest asset to someone that you, you don't have a good feel about. Yeah. Right? And I think we had a conversation, we ran into one of your your childhood friends. We yes. went for a walk the other night and, and I won't name names, but shout out to, you You know, the individual, you know who you are. <laughs> um, and, and it was an awesome, awesome to see you and, and, and have a chat. And we started talking about a real estate agent that we all know. Yes. And we've had a lot of dealings with this particular real estate agent, someone that I consider a mate. Well, um, he came it, over it was like, and had, sat around the fire and yeah. at my birthday and, and that sort of thing. So, Went back for seconds of my Pavlova. <laughs> absolutely. And, but the conversation started yes. with your friend expressing distrust and dislike for real estate agents. Mm. Yet when this person was brought up, oh, no, he's not a real estate agent. As in, yes, he's a real estate agent and he sells property, but that's he's not a real estate agent. Yeah. Right? He sells he, houses. He he's was. actually a real person. He's a decent person. He's yeah. a, right? That was the connotation. That was the inference. Hmm. And I found that really, really interesting because the, the guy concerned, like we wouldn't have him in our house if he, was, if he wasn't a good bloke. <laughs> you know, he's, he's an awesome bloke and, and we love him dearly. But I found... That was a really interesting comment because it's a comment that I've come across a lot talking to people. Mm. Most people know a real estate agent who's not a real estate agent. Yeah. Right? And it's really interesting when you, <laughs> it, it, when you think about it, it. Oh, yeah. No, they, they sell houses. They're not a real estate agent. Yeah, okay, so what they're, are they're they not <laughs> They're not the image of the real estate agent no. the general public have in their mind. And keep in mind, a 2021 Roy Morgan survey found that 95% of Australians couldn't trust a real estate agent, yeah. right? Or, or rated them as, as being low trust yeah, um, or, or below average trust. So when you look at that, and then you go and look at who those people are. We all actually know good real estate agents. Because oh. a good real estate agent isn't a real estate agent. They're a human being who sells houses. Yes. And because of that, they develop relationships. They can be trusted. They inform. They demonstrate their expertise by helping you. Yeah. And of course, you then immediately trust. And this is this is what I teach real estate agents. Mm. You know. I haven't come out and said it to them and gone, stop being a real estate agent, but I've come out and said, be a real person. Yeah. Right? Be authentic. Your social media shouldn't just be just listed and just sold. It should be, you got up to mountain biking on the weekend. It should be, hey, check this meal I'm cooking out. You know, it should be it, Show those bloopers things. where show you're just bloopers. like, oh, be real. I can't be believe a human I just being. did that. <laughs> right? Because this amazing thing happens. One of, one of the agents that we know who I can name, who is not a real estate agent, she's a, a human being, a real person, uh, is, of course, Narelle. Yeah. Fan of the show, friend of the show, someone we love dearly, and Narelle Cordaro up north side of Brisbane. And the, we caught up with her last Thursday. week, Thursday, Thursday, and, and we were chatting and she told us this story about she went and did an appraisal on this guy's house, 
and she hadn't really done much in the way of communicating with him since, which is very typical of real estate agents. Um, but, you know, he'd been on her socials and he'd been engaging there and suddenly she gets a phone call. Someone going, hey. From a neighbour. From a neighbour. <laughs> Joe said, I need to call you because uh, he said that you're just lovely. Yeah. And can you come and list my house? And it was purely because she's a real human being who sells houses as opposed to a real estate agent. She doesn't take BS and she yeah. doesn't give it either. <laughs> no, and that's, it. And that's one of the reasons we love it. So if you've got to have that connection. Yeah. You absolutely have to have that connection. And I think that there are people out there who want to have a real estate agent sell their house for whatever reason, mm. right? But there are a lot of people out there who do not feel comfortable with the real estate yeah. agent. So they want they want a human being who sells houses and is licensed to sell houses, yeah. right? The job description is real estate agent, but the actual that's not their personality. That's not who they are. No. They're not the image that we see plastered everywhere and, and we all kind of go, ooh, that's a bit cringe, yeah. right? Yeah. They are a human being who sells houses and who invests in you yeah. and helping you achieve your goals moving forward. And I think yeah. that's it's it's something that's They're really They're a really resource important. available to you yeah. in order to achieve what you need to yeah. achieve. Absolutely. Yeah. So then um, that brings me to evaluating their marketing. Yes. So you've got here looking at their listings, looking at their social media, looking at their digital pro uh, footprint, looking at reviews, looking at photos. The one thing that I've got here, what is a digital footprint? Because we're making the assumption that people know. Okay, Everyone digi digital, knows what a digital, a, a digital footprint, footprint is. basically the marks you leave on the internet, right? Like every action you take, everything you post, everything you do forms part of your digital footprint. So mm -hmm. it covers everything from your Facebook, Facebook pages, profiles, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, threads, TikTok, everything. Okay. Right? So everything you do digitally including articles about you, content about you, everything becomes part of your digital footprint. Right. Yeah. So your digital footprint is different to social media. Yeah, it's everything. Yeah. Social media is part of your digital footprint. Yes, that's right. So when this is one thing I was doing at the beginning of the year for for marketing for check my house price. Yes. And I made this comment to you and Part, part of part of my job previously was actually doing data gathering, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, using all resources available to me. And that's what I was doing for this particular thing. It was to go and try and find real estate agents' emails. And through that, I was also going and having a look at their digital footprint. I was having a look to try and find an email address, and I said to you, I find it amazing, like amazing, that you can type into Google someone's name and there is nothing. Yeah. But then you can go onto Facebook, you can go onto Instagram, and then you can find them that way. Yeah. But that's only because they've been attached here or they've been attached there. So you have to go scouring for that person. Then when you go and have a look on realestate.com, they've only sold a couple of properties. Yeah. So for those agents out there going, you know, oh, well, yeah, I sell property, but I'm not really getting a lot of listings. Here's an idea. Go and do a health check. Yeah, do, do a digital do a, health do check. Do your own health yeah, check. absolutely. For and those people looking for a, a real estate agent who 
you know, knows the area, go and have a look at yes. their digital footprint. Have a yes. look as to where they are on social media and everything like that. How regularly are they actually updating, doing things on yeah. Their social, uh, their social media, and and it goes deeper than that, particularly with their social media aspect of it. Look at what they're posting. Most important, like you want to know the fastest way to determine whether or not you should hire an agent. How real they are. Look at social. the photos. Yeah. Look at the property photos. Remember, and we've mentioned this property a couple of times over in multiple episodes, but the property down the way from us that has basically been on the pro- on the market for about three years. Oh, my God. You remember yeah. this one? Okay. It was, oh looked, it up, looked it up this morning in preparation for, for this particular episode. Okay. Is it still there? It's still for sale by an agent. Offers over seven seven ninety five. I think it was. Hang on. I just looked it up on my phone. Let me double check that figure. Uh, offers over seven ninety five. Council approved dual living. Right? This property has been on and off the market Ugh. for nearly three years, and it started at $985,000. Yeah. And... The photos on the current listing look that like they were taken by an iPhone six. Ouch! <laughs> yeah, don't headbutt the mic. I know. I know no, this is a fa- face palm so moment, bad. but if if you look at the photos and you're going, <laughs> did they take these with an outdated oh. iPhone, or is it taken with their kids' Polaroid camera or something? Do not hire I know, that agent. I know that we did. Don't, we. Don't hire that I know agent. that we did do only a few things previously, uh, pre- a few episodes previously, where we had been speaking about to find value in the market. Go and yeah. have a look at those ones. That's that's where I'd find. I wouldn't pay eight hundred for that. <laughs> no, that marketing would I. alone. I'd I'd go and lowball. I would be an absolute pain in the backside because I'd go and lowball. But but he, but there is no excuse. So it's probably photos- going to be people going. What's it? Yeah. <laughs> photos, photos are the fastest way to determine whether or not you should hire an agent, in all honesty, because there is no excuse for shit marketing photos nah. anymore. You've a- got... Especially when you've got box brownie. Box, you've got as my point. Metaport, you've got, you've got all of those things you've available. You've got box brownie, right? You can upload, take the photos on your phone. Sure, vendor doesn't have money for vendor paid advertising. You don't have the money to pay a photographer because you wait on your next commission check, whatever. Cool, as an agent, not a problem. Take the photos with your phone, upload them to Box Brownie, and for $2 a freaking photo, yeah, they will turn those photos that are amateurish on the phone and they will turn them into high-quality, presentable marketing mm-hmm. photos. Mm-hmm. At bare minimum, you should be doing mm-hmm. And look, I love the guys at Box Brownie. I've traveled the world with them. They're fantastic. And so, yes, I'm always going to pump Box Brownie. I don't get paid for it. I just love these guys. And, yeah. and I love what they do. We've used them for Check My House Price Marketing. But there are other services out there. So if you want to go, I'm not going to be a shill for you, JH. Well, go and, go and Google it, yeah. right? And find your own. But it's cheap. And you can upload. They turned, Box Brownie turned around 364 photos for Check My House Price in 10 hours. There is no excuse yeah. for shit marketing photos. Yeah. No, there isn't. There really isn't. So then this leads me into, you know, so we've we've done our research, we've gone through and shuffled as to which agents we do feel comfortable, what we don't feel comfortable. We've also researched to see as to whether we think they've got the goods when yep. it comes to... Yep, check the marketing. Their marketing makes us weep. It makes us feel emotional. We love it. That's right. Then we're going to go, okay, we're going to allow you to come into our house to do a listing, right, or a house price report. 
Question is, not or not question, you've got here, not all comparable properties on a CMA will be sales by that agent. Yes. I feel like that's not really well known. Well, because it's not about how many, what the the properties that the agent sold. So the agent's not doing anything wrong here. No, no, no. I'm I'm just, it's it's something you've got here and I'm asking why. No, no, that's fantastic. Not all properties on a CMA were sold by that agent. And that's a really important thing to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, if an agent's trying to pass it off as that, go and check to make sure that they were. Because yeah. an agent in a CMA, an agent's typically, typically not going to do that. What they're going to do is get a batch Bro- of properties broader. that have sold in that yeah. area that are most comparable to your property, and they're going to compare. It doesn't matter who sold it in yeah. this particular case because what we're trying to work out is price. Yeah. Right, we're trying to figure out where this property should be selling. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's what that CMA is there to do. Now, they might also then provide, hey, these are the properties that we've sold that are similar and why I think it's worth more is because our marketing you know, is better. And, and look, here is the evidence. And the evidence is a sales activity report. I knew you were going there because abs- I was waiting to do that. <laughs> look, the sales activity you report. You stuffed up the run sheet. No, I'm <laughs> on my soapbox. The sales activity report is the greatest piece of evidence that you can ever get. Yeah. Right? Because if there are multiple buyers making multiple offers on that sales activity sheet in a market where it is a multi-buyer market, this is important, because some rural markets are single buyer at best at the moment, mm. right? Things have, have quietened out. But if the market is a metro market, we, we are seeing multiple buyers you can now see how effective that agent's marketing was because the more buyers that are in that sale that are actively making offers, Mm. the more effective the marketing was. Now, if those buyers are making multiple offers each and aggressively competing, Mm. that shows how effective the, the marketing was in inspiring emotion and the desire to have the property. It also shows how effective that agent is in negotiating and managing those buyers and Mm. keeping them involved in the process. Mm. Because a digital offer platform is incredible for transparency, for keeping everyone informed. But it doesn't doesn't do the buyer management. It doesn't do the human aspect. Which is the reason why you need the real estate agent. Which is why you need the real estate agent. And a good agent will get more offers, more competition, and therefore a better result out of the buyers on a digital offer management platform. Yeah. Right? Than what a traditional agent will without a digital man- offer mm-hmm. management platform. But that sales activity report then shows that proof, shows that evidence. Which then does tie into when it does come to the the sale going through, the agent mm-hmm. being able to hand to the... It helps It helps with valuations yeah. as well. Absolutely. To be but able in this to go, case, we're this talking is... about choosing your agent. So yeah. that's that's a future... Like most people aren't going to sit in the appraisal and choosing their agent think, oh, this agent's going to get us... You know, it's well, going to make mean, life easy with the valuer. But, but, at the but same, it is an important it, consideration. It, it, it is because, you know, the other thing too is you want to make sure that you're getting the right people in that the sale's going to go through because you don't want to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, this person's good, this person's and then it falls good, over. and then it falls over. And you've got and to resell like, the property. Oh, yeah. I have to go through this all over yep, again. Absolutely. So, you know. So that sales, look, my goal, my mission over the next few years is to get every single home seller in the country mm. demanding a sales activity report from sellers. 
uh, sorry, from agents. So my goal over the next few years is to get every single home seller in the country demanding a sale activity report from real estate agents mm-hmm. so they have the best information and evidence to choose that agent and they can see exactly what that agent's worth. Sounds like a good challenge. I'm up for it. That's out to you guys. Get on it. Use digital offer platforms. Hint, hint, ask, market ask what a sales activity report is. And if they go, then maybe educate them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and find an agent who knows. And, and there's nothing wrong with going, uh, so this is what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Watch, um, watch, watch the, uh, the entrenched in the old ways agents squirm and, and some, someone will get a little bit grumpy. Look, as far as I'm concerned, the only way that people are going to be able to stay current is to upskill. That's, Absolutely. That's the way of the Absolutely. future. We're going to have some fun with this. Yep, we really are. Ruffles so on that note, how about we go to JTM? Yes, let's do it. And um, we're going to find out a little bit more about making our own gins. I'm down. <laughs> let's see which rabbit holes we're going down in this episode. It's time for JTM. That was a big section. Yeah, but there was a lot to that. There was a lot to cover. There was a lot to cover. Yeah, we should probably put like uh, get D to design up a um, like a cheat sheet. Look for these things when selecting your agent. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, pump that out. Give that away as a freebie just to help people out. Yeah. All right. So our gin. Yeah. How good was that? So um, for those who I, I didn't even look to see which app it was that we did make the gin. Uh, My bad. Whoops. whoops. <laughs> um, I can find. I, I blame it you because you didn't put it on my run sheet. You yeah, that, that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah, like I'll just go to the website homelifepodcast.podbean.com. So while he's looking for that, because we did actually make some, and I'll put some reels up of us, you know, doing. You know, through uh, through the through the week, you'll see some random little things about it as to what we had done in the preparation. Ep nineteen, okay. the secrets to selling big and making gin at home. Yeah, so I had done a couple little snippets while we were mixing yep. them up, and. Then they sat in our linen cupboard. <laughs> they were only meant to sit there for like between three to seven days. They ended up sitting there for like three weeks. Yeah, but there was nothing wrong with that because they still turned. Oh, they still turned out amazing. Like, but we did life, have life some. Just got in the way. We did have some last night. Yes. Um. So we will actually do some proper, like, pretty photos with them tonight. I feel. Uh, it concerns me. You said pretty. I've never been pretty in my life. Of the drinks. Oh, okay. All right. I thought I thought I was going to have to be you know, a model and stuff, but all right. I um, mean, you can. We can totally do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. So what's, what's what's happening? The the recipe. Okay. So 
what had happened was you were talking about making gin mm. and then I was like, hold on, how about we have a little bit of a... It was an STM inside a JTM. It, it was. Uh, how about instead of just going, oh, use a vodka? Well, that's fine, but there's different types of vodkas. Yes. So quickly, just to recap, the, the whole episode 19 premise uh, for the JTM. Now, I'll recap a recap. JTM, J thought moment. I have random moments. It's random thoughts stepping out the shower. Sian has started to have the same thing. Um, so we we were like, let's make some gin at home. And and the whole reason that this came about is because I discovered after 42 years in existence that the only difference between vodka and gin is that you take vodka, soak juniper berries in it, and it turns it into gin. And this blew my mind. So from there I went, this means I can make gin at home and we can experiment. We can go mad alchemist. And so that led to buying Sian uh, some gin making kits from Amazon and things like that. So we'll talk about them towards the end of this, this segment um, and having a whole lot of fun. And we started making our own gins. We played with AI. That was a disaster. Um, but we made, we also made some really cool gins. And so we did an episode talking about how to make gin at home and the experiences that we had and how you can do it yourself. And the episode finished with an STM, Sian thought moment where she's like, I wonder which would be better for making gin. Would it be a potato vodka or a grain vodka or a rice vodka? So, and the other thing too, the reason the how that thought came about was because I had been or and still am reading The Drunken Botanist. Yes. And for those that don't know what that book is about. That's such a cool book. It is. It explains so obviously, botany is very much um, plants. Yep. Uh, and so alcohol made from plants. So I looked at it and went, "Hold on, they're explaining all of these ways that alcohol is made, and then that when this particular person who wrote the book goes into an alcohol uh, uh, alcohol store." They look at it and go, hold on, this is just a whole heap of drunken botany in here. Yeah. <laughs> so there's some really they, cool stuff they you go learn in that through. Book too. Oh, yeah. They go through and explain how things are made, how they came about, great mixes, what should be done, what shouldn't be done, and all of that. Why things work, why they don't. Yeah. So while I've been reading that, they were explaining, you know, the differences between rice, vodka, um, and all the rest of it, rice and potato and grain for the vodkas. Yeah. The difference between them, what goes, what doesn't go, all the rest of it, right? So that's what led me to the STM in your JTM because I went, hold on, talking about homemade gins, why don't we try those three? Yeah, and so we came we up with did. a recipe. We found a recipe online. Um, I've actually got it here, and I'll share it in a second for anyone who's like, I kind of want to test this out and have a test myself. Uh, but we found a recipe online. We, we relied on bbcgoodfood.com. That was the out of the options. When we did a Google search, that was the one that, that came up and was, you know, when we looked at the flavors, yeah. we went, that's, yeah. that's the one that appeals most to us. Um, and so then we made it. We, we made three different variations. We soaked it for way too long. I think it ended up being soaked for like two, three weeks. It was only meant to be soaked for seven days. But it, I, I actually think it probably worked better having it for three weeks. Um, and the recipe, so it was 700 ml of good quality vodka, two tablespoons of juniper berries, six cardamom pods, a pinch of dried rose petals. Now, we swapped out the rose petals for lavender. Yeah. 
are one teaspoon of coriander seeds and a strip of lemon peel. We didn't have lemon peel, so we used some dehydrated lime, like a slice of dehydrated lime that I had previously dehydrated uh, earlier on in the piece. And so we did a taste test of the vodkas without any sort of flavorings or infusions in them just to see what the different flavors, textures were. And also you've got to clear a little bit of space out the top of the bottle so you can fit all the ingredients in, of course. Uh, and then we put all the ingredients into it and we soaked it for three weeks at the end. Probably didn't need that long, but that that's life with four kids and, and businesses and all the rest of it. Um, and we opened them last night. Yes. And they were quite impressive, I found. I, so, because we had two different mixes. We had lemonade. Yes. And we had tonic. We used the uh, Fever Tree... Mediterranean? Yeah. Mediterranean tonic? Yeah. Yep. So I know that not everyone likes tonic, except there's different tonics. You have tonic and then you have flavoured yes. tonic. We, we much prefer the flavoured, like the fever tree. I mean, my flavour is the elderflower. My favourite is the elderflower. No, when I mean flavoured as though in its soda water, that oh, right. is flavoured of yep. tonic it's Oof. not it's not tonic water Oof. so and again from the drunken botanist i i thought tonic water was tonic water but no it's not you can get flavored soda water that they say is tonic water it's it's not um so that is where i say to people if you're going to do gin and tonic do it properly yeah go even if it means that you even if you means that you go and get not a very good gin and put it with a high quality tonic, I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, I won't, but I'm a snob for alcohol. Life's too short to drink bad booze. Yeah, but you know what? Not everyone has those capabilities. This is true. So, well, they can make really good booze, like really good gin. Well, yes, with, with this recipe. So we used a Japanese rice vodka. Yep, and. To be perfectly honest, that rice vodka, even by itself, is just yeah, amazing. It's, it's really, really good. Then we did. I You'll be able to see the the brands in the reels. We don't have them handy in the studio, yeah. Because um, both Sian and I, with alcohol plus you know sound equipment, is is not a good idea. You <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be bringing me into that pile. Um, and then I think it was Polish. It was a Polish. There was or a Polish was potato vodka. Yep. And then we had a Russian, Russian grain, grain vodka. Yep. So to our tasting, yep. we preferred the rice and the potato gin with the um with lemonade. Yeah, it was it was quite nice. Like that I, worked really well with I the I found recipe. that it it kind of neutralized a lot of the sweetness of the lemonade without taking all of it away, highlighted the the zestiness of of like the lime and, yep. and the juniper berries, and then layered this. I described it as musky, like it was almost kind was of a floral, musky. You I kind found. of felt that it was floral or woody, to you know. But I don't it, look. It was it was delicious. It, it, it worked. But for me, for me, the aftertaste or the the back palate taste of it was kind of the um, almost a hint of one of those candy musk sticks. You know, the pink musk yep. 
that you just go and buy in the shops. It was it was a hint of that, and um, that with the other flavor combination, I, f- I found it was really really good. I really See, enjoyed it. It could have been a little bit more musky if we had the rose in it. Yeah, yeah, I think, ro- I think the rose would have um, enhanced that. It would have softened it. Yeah. See, I, I think going the lavender was the right choice because it was just the right amount. Like it was a hint. Yeah. And it was perfect. Yeah. So then with the tonic, and we just used the Mediterranean one. Yeah, the fever tree. So the, the blue bottle. Yeah. Um, and this, and I just had a thought then. Right. Is rice a grain? I think it's a, I don't know. I want to say it's a grass, no, but a grass is, is. I know that you like grass. Grass comes ra- from grain. Is an it S- classed an STM as a, in an STM? Is it classed? The only reason why I say this is because when we were drinking the grain one with the tonic, and I said to you that it tastes woody. Rice is a grain, harvested seed of grasses. Okay, cool. Which is interesting because I was thinking like normally your grains are more of your woodier flavors. Yes, yeah. yeah. So that's the reason why I was like, okay, maybe it's because it's a grain that having the tonic go with it gives it that woodier kind of flavor. Potentially, because the tonics, the tonic's definitely more savory. But then maybe it's because profile. of how the grain is grown as to the woodiness, given the fact that rice is actually grown in water, so it doesn't have that real woody. Maybe I, you're going past my level of expertise <laughs> or knowledge, and yeah. and I say the word expertise with tongue firmly planted in cheek because well, there's no expertise on grain. No, <laughs> look, I, I'm, look, if there's someone out there who is definitely down with this type you know, of thinking. You know who might know? Matt Wank from Smidge. Because they, they're, they're, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway and, and dob them in. But they're, they're in the process of setting up a distillery as well. So he's I going through. I think you should actually check that before actually disclosing well, anything. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, I mean, keep an eye out for it if they do, because it'll be awesome. No, well, that I'm just I'm just looking at it going, you know, because obviously my whole um, aromatherapy and stuff, yeah, looking yeah. at that type of level of things, yeah, and then also reading the drunken botanist as well, where those types of conversations are had within the book that sort of go, hold on, when you think about it and the flavors of it. Is this the reason why it maybe, would work? Maybe. Oh, well, there you go. You've got some research to do. There's an STM I, for you. No, look at me go. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. It's like hole. you've spent six years with someone who lives in rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? So then <laughs> the next one is the... Does this in- mean I'm now an influencer because I influenced you? You should. You, you got to be quicker on that. I mean, I know you're struggling with the buttons today, but that that was right. Just there. today. <laughs> it's just. It's cute that you think it's just today. <laughs> but with the uh, gin tasting making kits, that doesn't yeah. sound gin tasting Taste. making. Yeah, kits, I think I messed doesn't... that up. It's gin making kits. It's not tasting. It's making. I left the word tasting in there by okay. like I wrote gin tasting kit originally and went. Hang on. That's not right. It's a gin making kit. And so I typed making but forgot to remove tasting. Okay, because I'm like, that, it's, that's yeah. too many ings. That doesn't make right. Yeah, my, my, my typing and admin capabilities are not great first thing in the morning. And here you are mocking me with my button pushing. <laughs> See? It's twice. <laughs> two for two. Got them perfectly right. Didn't even have to look. Just reached across the table and hit the right one. Mm. Look at me go. <laughs> 
You'd be dying to use that alert. But yes, uh, so it's still going. Stop. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a heap of really cool gin making kits on Amazon. You can get them where they're pre made. So we we did get ones that they're like tea bags with the the botanicals yeah, in them. Those ones, no. I, I didn't really like them. Like there was maybe one flavor that was okay, but the rest they just it still tastes I, like vodka. I feel that it's just of a, a novelty yeah, thing. I don't. It's, it, just don't. Like you just get don't. the subtlest hint of a gin flavor, but it's kind of like when you're using the last dregs out of the cordial bottle, yeah. and you can barely even see a change in don't the color even, of the water. Like, honestly, so I'd, I'd don't avoid even, those. Don't even bother. Yeah, the, the gin tea bags. The, avoid those. The, the ones that I did find were really good. Was that Tasmanian? Yes, one. Tasmanian Tasmanian gin making kit, and the other one too that came in the big brown box, and and they should have had it branded better because I can't remember the name of it. But maybe we'll get some links up for everybody. Um, but that one was the one. It came with the little test tubes of all of the botanicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the Tasmanian one came with pre pre done yeah, flavor came, packets for you. Yeah. Whereas this one came with test tubes of all the different botanicals so that yeah. you could actually literally, and it had a guide. It had, hey, here's a recipe we well, recommend. You put it on Amazon, didn't you? It was Amazon. It was all yeah, Amazon. Yeah, so you'd be able to go and have it was, a look It at was another one of my late night Amazon shopping sprees. Yeah. 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 Where I'm like, oh, your birthday's in two weeks and I haven't thought about it. Holy shit, what do I do? And I went on Amazon and went, gin making kits. Yeah. And other things that I found, but yeah. So, yeah, this is where I say to you we'll, guys. We'll put some links yeah, somewhere for it. Um, um, if you're interested in, you know, becoming a bit more of a connoisseur with things, uh, get your hands on the Drunken Botanist. We'll put that up there. And we will also put up there uh, the different types of uh, vodkas that we had used. Yep. As well as And you can, you can use any kits. vodka as well. You, like, you can, but... We, we were playing getting fancy. Yeah, exactly. You can use whatever, but honestly, I would say the cleaner that you can have it, the better. Yeah. So have a look at the, the way that they also do the um, filtration cool. on the alcohol. But Sounds yeah, good. that's that's pretty much... A our, really our long app, 55 minutes. Usually we aim for 40 to 45. We had a lot to cover. You had a lot of points yeah. there. Choosing your real estate your agent. Fault. Well, look, choosing your real estate agent can... It's can, important. It's massive because you get it right, it can be an extra 50, 100 grand in your pocket. You it, get it wrong. Ooh. Yeah. But all if right. you have any questions, by all means, hit us up. We'll be happy to help out where we can. Can you get the right button for the outro? See you.